You're listening to Legal Skinny Podcast with Trisha Burita. I'm a 15-year licensed practicing attorney in the state of Texas. I created Legal Skinny because when I've been invited to do educational seminars on different subjects in employment law, employers and HR professionals would often ask me, where can they find out a little more information on this or a little more information on that? Look, I get it. There's a lot of resources out there, but sometimes it's confusing and people are so busy. Sometimes people have only 30 or 15 or maybe even five minutes in their day to devote to learning something new. On this podcast, you'll hear me have discussions and interviews on topics relevant to employers. Disclaimer though, Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and doesn't create an attorney-client relationship. Also remember, laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Legal Skinny Podcast. Elon Musk. People love him. People hate him. In fact, people probably love to hate him or hate that they love him. People are obsessed and fan stalk him. There's an undeniable fascination the public and the press have with Elon Musk. Some because he's one of the richest men in the world. But I think there's so many more intriguing factors about him than that. Let's talk about some of the reasons you may love or hate Elon Musk. Some may feel love for Musk because he pushes the edge of technology, cars, space, artificial intelligence, robotics, energy. Maybe you love him for moving to my state of Texas. Yep, right outside Austin where they keep it weird. Or maybe you hate him because he abandoned California. Maybe you love that he's performing on SNL with Miley Cyrus. Or you're on the other side and support all the Twitter hate reporting that the SNL cast may not want to perform with him and all the controversy that he brings along, apparently. Maybe you love that he's launched over a thousand satellites with SpaceX in part to provide global broadband internet access to remote places in the world. Or maybe you hate that his pesky satellites keep getting in the way of your astrological dark sky endeavors. Maybe you love hate that a single tweet from him can literally tank or soar the stock market. Not to say that there aren't others with that tweeting power, but with him, I wonder sometimes either the tweets appear very, very intentional or perhaps like a total afterthought, which, uh, which I find to be both you know, savvy um, and possibly terrifying. Um He bumped across my employment law radar recently in March 2021 when he and Tesla got scolded by the NLRB, the National Labor Relations Board, from an incident back in 2018 when the NLRB says Tesla violated labor laws when it fired a union activist. Oh, and uh, when Elon Musk tweeted, quote, nothing stopping Tesla team at our car plant from voting union could be, could do tomorrow if they wanted, but why pay union dues and give up stock options for nothing? Unquote. Um, Tesla to offer the employee the job back and pay some compensation. And then, you know, the labor board asked um, Elon Musk to remove the tweet. 
See, there's some protections on the National Labor Relations Act uh, for individuals to organize into a union and talk about their wages and working conditions. And there's a lot of uh, quirky, tricky rules around how employers can interfere with that. Uh, long story short, they deem their actions in violation. And it got me thinking um, more so than usual about what's been going on with Elon Musk. And also, yay, every employment lawyer, you know, loves when their client's CEO tweet pisses off the labor board. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sure Elon Musk's lawyers love him. <laughs> All right. But for you, whether you're a hater or fan lover or somewhere in between, you may be thinking of a lot of other things um, I didn't even name uh, about Elon Musk because, well, there's just like so much out there about him. But I know enough that if I had to mark the checkbox on a form on the type of leadership style Elon Musk falls into um, or what it falls under, for me, it would be visionary. So I ask you this, do you have an Elon Musk of sorts in your company? Or maybe it's you, you feel like into him that you play his role, this visionary role. And for me, a visionary is not just someone who has a vision which arguably every company that has any success has some sort of vision and somebody came up with it. It's, it's someone that for me that pushes the envelope to make the vision a reality, not always, but often a bit controversial um, and at least in their leadership style. For me, there's, you know, a legal issue with this type of leadership that a visionary may bring that can get wrapped up in the cultural aspect of a company in good ways, um, but or possibly in detrimental ways. Full disclosure, I'm not besties with Elon Musk, and I will say I cannot attest to the full inner workings of Elon Musk's leadership style. But I know he puts out in the public about who he is, and from what it appears, he doesn't shy away easily from controversy, you know, warranted or not. So generally speaking, with the leadership style that I think visionaries um, in general can bring, you have a couple ways this can go when it comes to the running of the company. People who work for a company, uh, the employees and, um, and and the various levels of management, they look to see who's running the ship. Much like your children, ignore your words and watch your actions. So all the beautiful policies you write and the procedures, they may not mean much when the leaders of a company or the, the main leader in particular um, follows a different set of rules and possibly encourages others to follow another set of rules. And when people are looking to see who's running the ship, you know, um, when people are trying to make a decision about who should run the ship, uh, you know, the first instinct may be to have the visionary run the ship for a lot of reasons. Appearances, uh, they may be the, the founder of the company. You know, they built everything from the ground up. Uh, they love the company. They inspire people, et cetera, et cetera. And when they're incredibly talented and super ridiculously smart uh, and the visionary promises they can run the ship, it's overly tempting to allow them to do so. And even if we're talking about yourself, it's overly tempting for you to do so because you feel like um, no one's going to do it the way you would do it because no one loves it as much as you do, right? But depending on the visionary leader, this can do a number of things that are not great. Um, 
So let me just kind of run through those. I have three for you. The first would be make uh, making for a dysfunctional culture. You see, employees can be fidgety and their likes and dislikes change. And they talk about what they like and dislike about their job all the time with their family members, with their spouses, with their friends, uh, with their coworkers. So um, let me explain to you in the words of ice cream as to how your visionary could easily create a dysfunctional culture. <laughs> all right. So say you have a segment of your employees that just love them some good old fashioned vanilla bluebell ice cream. Predictable, well-natured. You know, it makes them feel secure, both in what to expect when they take a bite and what they expect it will taste like. Then you have some employees who, well, frankly, they love all things Ben and Jerry's ice cream. The sassy, the creative, um, you know, the unpredictableness of it sometimes. And they don't mind at all when they buy in that they have no idea what it's going to taste like. Then there are those employees that, well, you know, always a fan of Bluebell Vanilla, and they can even like Ben and Jerry's half-baked ice cream. But well, over time, they find that Ben and Jerry's makes them uncomfortable with their weird flavors. And that finally, when Ben and Jerry's released their limited batch of ice cream entitled Sweaty Balls, they had just taken it a little too far, rendering these individuals not really fans of Ben and Jerry's at all anymore. All of a sudden, you got Susie arguing uh, Bluebell in the break room, and James is ready to throw down over Vermont's uh, finest ice cream, not being given the gold medal for creative ice cream he demands and deserves. So if you're if you're wondering uh, if I actually said that last flavor on the podcast, yeah, I did, and I'm not repeating it, so uh, check the tape. <laughs> I do want to be clear, though. I think I think this visionary um, concept for the the visionary leader you know, creating dysfunction in the culture, that this could happen whether the visionary is hands-on or not. But I think the more involved um, they are, and depending on, of course, the type of visionary leader they are, the, the potentially more risk. Uh, another issue that could arise is the creation of policies that match the edginess of the visionary leader themselves, pushing the boundaries of law, which, uh, as you can imagine, um, me and, um, you know, many lawyers are not a huge fan of. Uh, you got to be careful uh, when when you're deciding to be edgy when it comes around the law because um, it doesn't usually bode well unless you're purposely trying to push the edges of, of the law so that you, you know, you can try to make new law, which you may be the center of whether you like it or not. So, um, so that is another issue that you have to be careful because it's really not a part of um, how you would really want to keep a company in compliance and in good shape um, in the legal world. Another possibility is that, um, you know, all this manning of the ship that the visionary leader may be taking on, it, you know, it takes away the energy from the visionary leader itself. I actually think this can happen almost like a, like a plague uh, through a company with multiple points of leadership, you know, these different areas that I just described. Um, I'm not saying that ideas people, you know, that they can't be great practical people. And that if you look through history, there's plenty of leaders who are, are wonderful visionaries that have built an incredible, enviable culture and company. What I'm saying is that there are times when they are not. There are times when they're not going to be practical and even consistent enough with their approach 
to everything. And honestly, you don't want them to be maybe because it could reduce the overall special rainbow sprinkle unicorn productive quality that makes them the great visionary leader to begin with. You need a visionary, or if you are the visionary, you need to be the visionary who believes, who obsesses over making the vision a reality. That's where the special sauce is. That obsession can lead to other things though, important things falling through the cracks. So maybe you're the visionary, um, or maybe you're uh, assisting the visionary. But, um, you know, when the visionary is like so busy with the stuff of being CEO, it can be exhausting. I get it. You know, not everybody gets up like me and says, well, what kind of employee problems do we get to solve today? <laughs> like uh, some people find parts of running and leading the business to be draining on their creative energy. And top of my list for those individuals are my visionary leaders, my Elon Musks of the world. The answer is simple as to how to approach this. You know, they don't run the company. They find that person that loves all the other stuff. Uh, that person um, that I like to look to that's consistent in large part because for me, I like consistency. The law likes consistency. I'm not maybe a bluebell vanilla girl, but I'm probably a mint chocolate chip with rainbow sprinkles kind of gal when it comes to the inner workings of a company. You know, let's get creative with the policies so that they fit the culture, but let's not push the boundaries so we are like low-hanging fruit to be tested in the courts by any curious and ambitious plaintiff's employment counsel. As far as Elon Musk goes, frankly, with his sights set on the moon, literally, I myself am probably not cool enough to be on Elon's uh, bestie friend list. And I'm probably not cool, geeky enough into the world of science to understand all that he offers it and the future of self-driving cars and our chances of getting to Mars. But I'll say for me, I'll keep watching. Wherever Elon Musk is headed, it will no doubt turn heads and likely make history. And selfishly, I'd like to see what kind of leader he evolves into in the years to come with the weight of this warranted or unwarranted controversy that always follows him. And as he pisses off his haters or charms the pants off his fan lovers along the way. Uh, so I'll leave you with that. And that's the legal skinny on Elon Musk leadership style. Love it or hate it. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Legal Skinny Podcast. Do not forget to subscribe to get future podcast episodes. Also check out LegalSkinny.com to join our newsletter and get details on all the educational resources we offer the employer. Also, disclaimer, remember Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So also remember, this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you.